European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 40, Issue 30, Focus Issue, Vascular Biology, by Editor-in-Chief, Professor Thomas Lucia, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Novel Molecular Mechanisms of Vascular Disease, Non-Coding RNAs, Inflammation and Radiation. The first scientist drawing our attention to inflammation as a major mechanism of vascular disease was Rudolf Virchow, when he stated in 1858, atherosclerosis is a chronic inflammation induced by cholesterol. While his seminal statement got forgotten for many decades, it experienced a remarkable revival more recently. C-reactive protein, or CRP, has become a major readout of inflammation and an important cardiovascular risk marker. The question remains, however, whether inflammation is only driven by modified forms of LDL cholesterol or whether lipid-independent mechanisms are also involved. Of note, the CANTOS trial demonstrated the benefits of interleukin-1-beta blockade in patients post-myocardial infarction without changes in lipid levels. While canokinumab specifically blocks interleukin-1-beta, mouse data has suggested a prominent role for interleukin-1-alpha rather than interleukin-1-beta in atherosclerosis, or even a deleterious effect of interleukin-1 on outward arterial remodeling. To address this issue, Peter Libby and colleagues from the Bryam and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, USA, investigated the effects of neutralizing interleukin-1-alpha and or interleukin-1-beta isoforms in early atherogenesis and in established atheromas in their article Stage-Dependent Differential Effects of Interleukin-1 Isoforms on Experimental Atherosclerosis. Indeed, neutralization of interleukin-1-alpha or of both interleukin-1-isoforms impaired outward remodeling during early atherogenesis as assessed by microcomputed tomographic and histology. In contrast, the neutralization of interleukin-1-beta did not impair outward remodeling, either during early atherogenesis or in established plaques. Interleukin-1-beta inhibition promoted a slant of blood monocytes towards a less inflammatory state during atherogenesis, reduced the size of established atheromata, and increased plasma levels of interleukin-10 without limiting outward remodeling of brachiocephalic arteries. Thus, interleukin-1-alpha regulates arterial remodeling during early atherogenesis, while interleukin-1-beta drives inflammation both during atherogenesis and the evolution of advanced plaques. The potential clinical implications of these experimental findings are further discussed in an editorial by Thomas Gutzig from the University of Glasgow in the United Kingdom. Inflammation may also be induced by radiation energy. Radiotherapy-induced cardiovascular disease is an emerging problem in a growing population of cancer survivors, where traditional treatments such as antiplatelet and lipid-lowering drugs have limited benefits. In their article, Prevention of Radiotherapy-Induced Arterial Inflammation by Interleukin-1 Blockade, Tina Christesdotter and colleagues from the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, Sweden, investigated vascular inflammatory patterns in human cancer survivors, replicated their findings in an animal model, and evaluated whether interleukin-1 inhibition would reduce it. In irradiated human arteries, genes associated with the inflammasome were markedly induced, a finding supported by elevated protein levels in irradiated arteries of both NLRP3, procaspase, and caspase 1. mRNA levels of inflammasome associated with chemokine CCL2, CCL5, and the adhesion module 
VCAM1 were also elevated, as was the number of infiltrating macrophages. A similar pattern was reproduced in APOE mouse after localised chest irradiation. Anakinra reduced CCL2 and CCL5 mRNA levels and expression of IAB. Thus, interleukin-1 antagonism ameliorates radiation-induced expression of inflammatory mediators, an experimental finding that requires confirmation in a clinical setting, as outlined in a thoughtful editorial by Caralambos Antoniades from the University of Oxford in the United Kingdom. Once endothelial dysfunction and vascular damage has occurred, regenerative pathways are of fundamental importance. In their article, single-cell transcriptome analyses reveal novel targets modulating cardiac neovascularization by resident endothelial cells following myocardial infarction. Mari Britton and colleagues from the University of Edinburgh in the United Kingdom investigate the origins of clonal dynamics of endothelial cells associated with neovascularization in the adult mouse heart following myocardial infarction. An endothelial cell-specific multispectral lineage tracing mouse was used. Ten transcriptionally discrete heterogeneous endothelial cell states as well as the pathways through which each endothelial state is likely to enhance neovascular genesis and tissue regeneration following ischemic injury were defined. Plasmolema vesicle-associated protein was selected for further study, which showed an endothelial-specific and increased expression in both the ischemic mouse and human heart and played a direct role in regulating human endothelial proliferation in vitro. The authors provide a single-cell gene expression atlas of cardiac-specific resident endothelial cells, and the transcriptional hierarchy underpinning endogenous vascular repair following myocardial infarction. These data represent a rich resource in assisting the development of new therapeutic interventions to augment endogenous myocardial perfusion and enhance regeneration in the injured heart. The findings are put into context in an editorial by Matthias Narendorf from the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. MicroRNAs and the more recently discovered long non-coding RNAs are important mediators in post-transcriptional modification involved in many cardiac diseases, among them diabetes and myocardial infarction. In a basic science manuscript entitled Pleiotropic Effects of Laminar Flow and Statins Depend on the Kruipel-like Factor-Induced INCRNA Mantis, Ralph Branders and colleagues from the Goethe Universität Frankfurt am Main in Germany assess the functional relevance and the therapeutic potential of the proangiogenic long non-coding RNA mantis in vascular disease, loss of mantis-increased endothelial monocyte adhesion in an ICAM1-dependent manner. Mantis reduced the binding of the switch sucrose non-fermentable chromatin remodeling factor, BRG1, at the ICAM1 promoter. Mantis was expressed by laminar flow and statins through mechanisms involving epigenetic rearrangements and the transcription factors KLF2 and KLF4. Mutation of the KLF binding motives in the Mantis promoter blocked the flow-induced Mantis expression. Importantly, the expression of mantis in human carotid artery and darterectomy material was lower compared to healthy vessels and in this effect was prevented by statin therapy. Interestingly, the protective effect of statins were mediated in part through mantis, 
which was required to facilitate atorvastatin-induced changes in endothelial gene expression. Moreover, the beneficial endothelial effects of statins in culture were lost upon knockdown of mantis. Thus, mantis is tightly regulated by the transcription factors KLF2 and KLF4, and in turn, ICAM1-mediated monocyte adhesion to endothelial cells, and thus potentially atherosclerosis development in humans. Moreover, the beneficial effects of laminar flow and of statin treatment are dependent on mantis. In a current opinion article entitled Expert Consensus of Evidence-Based Recommendations for the Assessment of Flow-Mediated Dilation in Humans, Rosa Maria Bruno and colleagues from CNR in Pisa, Italy, note that endothelial dysfunction is involved in the development of atherosclerosis, which precedes asymptomatic structural vascular alteration, as well as clinical manifestation of cardiovascular disease. Endothelial function can be assessed non-invasively using the flow-mediated dilation technique. Flow-mediated dilation represents an endothelium-dependent, largely nitric oxide, mediated dilation of conduit arteries in response to an imposed increase in blood flow and shear stress. Flow-mediated dilation is affected by cardiovascular risk factors, relates to coronary artery disease and heart failure, and independently predicts cardiovascular disease outcome. Accordingly, flow-mediated dilation is a tool for examining the pathophysiology of cardiovascular disease and possibly identifying subjects at increased risk for future cardiovascular events. Moreover, it has merit in examining the acute and long-term impact of physiological and pharmacological interventions in humans. Excellent reproducibility can be achieved in specialised laboratories as outlined in these updated expert consensus recommendations. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its readers.